Welcome back to another episode of Me and My Real Housewife. I am Liz. And I'm Denise, her mom. And we are going to be talking about reality TV through a bi-generational lens. And today we are going to cover part two and part three of the Salt Lake City finale. Reunion. Reunion, sorry. I realized that in our last episode, you you didn't know what serving cunts meant. No, and I also have another question regarding a, a cool term. First, can you tell me what you thought I was saying? I thought you were saying that you were going to spread your legs out for someone to partake in your C-U-N-T. Oh, no. And I thought, that's not appropriate, Elizabeth. <laughs> and that's why I said... Do not say that. That's definitely not what I was saying. So what does that mean when you're serving CNT? So it comes from like drag culture, right? Okay. And it means it's like a positive thing. When you're serving cunt, it's a compliment. So if anyone ever says that to you, you just do a little hair. So that means I'm like, you know, I'm bringing it. Yes. You're bringing it. You're like giving. Like, look at me. Yeah. It's not as like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, just okay. don't do that with your hands <laughs> if you do that with your hands you won't be serving cunt anymore I think we just established I'm not trendy so okay so I probably won't be telling anybody I'm serving C-U-N-T but if someone says it to me I won't be offended to me when someone's doing it they're like they look fabulous they look gorgeous they are like you can tell that they feel that way and they're like dishing out a look where you're like Everyone's like, oh, like they've stopped, and you're also kind of scared. So why can't they just say serving you're, and leave the, the other word out? I don't know. It's just like slang, and it's just kind of like an extra little. Yeah, I get it. You know? It's a little extra. Yeah, and it's supposed to be like fun All and right. funny. So now you know. Okay, now I know. Now my next question is: They had that guy, Jacob, somebody from that Saltburn movie. Jacob Elordi, yes. Thank you. He's very handsome. I know what you're going to ask. Why do they keep calling him baby? (laughs) (laughs) How did you know I didn't know what that meant? Because, can I be honest with you? I had to look it up too. (laughs) Oh, okay. Because then the other girl was fat mother. I don't get it. Renee Raff did not call herself fat mother. Maybe the other guy did. Well, Bow and Yang. Did you see the clip I'm talking, talking about? The about. SNL clip. Yeah. So they call him. He's such a baby girl. He's baby girl. And then he says, and then he says to her, "Then what are you?" And she said, "I'm the mother." Yes. Okay. So, and then the other guy said he was something else. All right. We're, I'm gonna rewatch it right now because there is a lot to unpack here. 
Hi, I'm Jacob Elordi, and I'm hosting SNL this week with Renee Rapp. Renee, you're so right. He is so baby girl. <laughs> I know, that's what I said. He's so baby girl. Me? I'm a, I'm a baby girl? Uh, so what's Renee? Oh, I'm a um, I'm mother. And I'm Big Wrinkly Son. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's just making a joke. We're like, just playing. Okay, so like, mother and serving cunt go hand in hand. Somebody who is mother is like Cher. Okay. So it's like the queen bee, top of top of it all. Like she's mother. You know, like you're mother Mm -hmm. and you're also mother. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay, I'll take it. Like, can you think of someone who you're like, we praise you? That could be mother for you. Um, for me. Um, I love I love Adele. Adele's mother. That's perfect. Like she's like has right? like she's mother. Like she has she's gorgeous. Her voice and she cracks me up. Yes, like she's mother. She might not. And when she laughs, I just start laughing. Exactly. Like she has this like energy about her that's just so like. Oh, are you kidding me? Mother. She's mother. But like she might be mother so, for you, but not for other people. You know, and that's okay. Okay, understood. Um. Okay. So like, baby girl. <laughs> It's like this. It's I'm I'm assuming from like TikTok internet world. It's like when these grown men act all cutesy. So it's like how he's always like kind of like giggly, like he's like <laughs> like like Jacob Lordy to me is like a giggle queen. You know what I mean? Like he's like six foot tall, and he's like so. Wait, so like is Anderson Cooper a baby girl? Oh yeah, when Anderson Cooper giggles, he's baby girl. To me, baby girl isn't a person, but it's like an energy. At a certain point in time, or all the time. At a certain point in time. Like this picture of Kyle McLaughlin right here is baby girl. Can you see that? No, it's it's too, uh, send it to me. I'll describe the photo. He is taking a selfie of himself, like holding his chin on the floor. And like this, and he's like this, like he looks cute in his headphones. And then he has another weird selfie of 0.5 with his headphones on, and his toes are touching like baby girl. Like he's being like cutesy. And so it's just like when like grown men or masculine like people are like being Mm -hmm. like acting like teenage girls. Okay. Yeah. All right, then. And Bo and Yang saying that. Now I know. Bo and Yang saying that about himself is just him being silly. Funny. Yes. Yeah. Understood. <laughs> okay, so I've learned two things. Mm-hmm. Three things, actually, because I also know what mother means. <laughs> Serving cunt, mother, and baby girl. Whoosh! My head's going to explode. I'm going to tell the church ladies they're serving C1T. Okay. <laughs> like, Denise. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Tagline of the week. You want to go first? Okay, so I'm going to tell you about my Saturday. Dad had um, organized this really nice Christmas gift for us. We were going to go to this Kanish place and St. Patrick's and dinner at this really cool Japanese place. And mm-hmm. So um, we get to the Kanish place, and we and it's supposed to be, like, you could sit, have a Kanish, you were going to meet us, you know, get an egg cream, the whole thing. We walk in there. It says it's open. The lights are off. There are all these boxes lined up, like, to make a wall. Mm. And there's, like, three knishes, you know, in the case. And you just hear this stuff, 
like noises in the back. And I said, I said to myself, this is like the scene in Goodfellas when Robert De Niro's like, come in the back, come and see the dresses to Lorraine Bracco Mm -hmm. because he wants to whack her. So I said, we got to go. So we backed out. And luckily down the... Was there anyone there? Yeah, some guy came out from behind the boxes and was like, oh, give me a minute. And I'm like, we got to go. Like, this is not... This is not a legit situation. Gross. There had to be a rat somewhere. Like, I was like, oh, no, mm-hmm. weird. This is not good. We're not going to make it. <laughs> so then we walked down the street and we went to Cax's Deli. Yes. Then we go to St. Patrick's because we have our tour. Well, they're not giving us a tour because they're, um, some kind of mass is going on for this defunct convent or something. So we can't do that. <laughs> so, um... Then, so we go back to the hotel, and we go out to dinner, and Elizabeth, they kept bringing the food so, so fast. We were done with dinner in 40 minutes, so then it's time, like, we're going to go to the bathroom, and this hallway was all mirrored, and, like, lights on the floor, uh-huh. and that, and all wood, so it was really dark, oomph, oomph, can't hear, yeah. can't see, and I almost walked down what I thought was a hallway, but I was walking into a mirror, which luckily had a little flower, like a you know thing stuck to the mirror. Uh-huh. Then when you went in the in the bathroom, again the wood, the darkness. I shut the stall. It's dark, uh-huh. like in the stall, and I'm like, what the heck is this? This is ridiculous. Uh-huh. Go out, you go to the sink. There's not a faucet, nothing, and you just walk up to the sink. And I'm looking, and all of a sudden, water comes out. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I do. I just said to your father, I said, Wait. get me out of here. I am not a trendy person. It sounds like a, it was like a fun house. I wasn't cool enough to be there, <laughs> and I didn't like it. Uh-huh. So we ended up um, going then to this place called the um, Bo Peep Lounge. Mm-hmm. It sounds kind of sexy, but it wasn't. It was all... <laughs> red velvet and you know um and it, there was this old guy at a piano playing all these songs everybody was singing and I said no this is where I belong and we all sang along to Madonna like a prayer mm-hmm. sweet Caroline they had Bailey's I was very happy <laughs> so my tagline for the week would be I am not trendy, but perhaps I was 40 years ago. Okay. <laughs> that bad? No, it's great. Or, I'm not trendy and I don't care. I was uncomfortable being in a trendy place. I'm not trendy, but I am uncomfortable. That's it. I was. <laughs> we did not get home. To, well, we did not get back to the hotel until... 11 p.m. Mom, that's so late for you. I know. Wow. I know. And then I think because I was so un, because I was so cold and we were outside, we walked back. I was up to like 12:30 because I'm like, Mah! the city does that. To I you. was jazzed up. Yeah, jazzed up on Bo Peep Lounge. My story is also food related. So Brian and I went to Punjabi. Which is like one of our. What kind of food is that? It's Indian food. It's really, really good. We have to go. Do they make tandoori chicken? Yes. 
They basically then I'll t- go with you. make different stuff every on day. our girls trip. Yes, yeah, they make different stuff every day. You go and you order like a combo meal. So you're like, I want combo too, and you get like two entrees of rice and a samosa, like that type of thing. And so sounds nice. It's so good. It's one of my favorite places. Shout out to Punjabi, and we go and we're like, we just wanted like a little snack. So we're like, we're gonna get some samosas and we're gonna get chai tea. So we get our chai tea, we get our samosas, we go outside, and I'm holding the chai tea. And Brian asks me something, and I go like this, like I like point or something in the direction, and I, I like fling my hand up, and as I fling my hand up, <laughs> the chai tea bag flings out of the cup into the air, steaming hot chai tea into Brian's eyeballs. <laughs> no. And so, <laughs> some, what happened? No. You know that silver ring I have that's like, like I don't know. Do you remember it? It's like yeah. so the the tag of the chai tea <laughs> chai tea bag got perfectly stuck under my ring, and so as I flicked my hand up, it whipped it out of the the hot steaming tea onto me and him and into his eyeballs and so we're like on the corner and he's like oh and i was like oh my god i'm so sorry and then this guy who was behind us in punjabi was behind us then and he like stops and is like staring at us and like brian's like curled over like holding his eyes like ah and i'm like we don't have like any water we can't flush it out Unless we flushed it out with more hot chai tea. And so the guy's like making eye contact with me like, is everything okay? Like, do you need help? And I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. Like, I'm kind of like, give him the like, we're going to be okay. But I felt terrible. I'm like, I just put searing hot chai tea into his eyeballs. And so my tagline is, if you fuck with me, it's chai to the eye. Oh, that's so silly. <laughs> so, like, I was thinking for reviewing the episode. Since, obviously, mm-hmm. for all the listeners out there, all of the listeners out there, me and my mom both felt us just chatting about the episode was not that fun. Too much. Too much. Not for fun for you, not fun for me. Wasn't fun to edit. So, I we were thinking, let's make more of a game of it. And also the Salt Lake, the the Salt Lake women, they love games, so it's kind of perfect. Yes. So I had three game ideas. We can play warm and fuzzy, cold and prickly. We can play receipts, proof, timeline, screenshots, acronym. Or in honor of what you've just learned, we can play cunt. C for cringiest moment, U for most unbelievable moment, N for no thank you moment, and T for true art moment. Okay. I'll have to play whatever you say. Well, why don't we play cunt? Since that's like the word of the word of the day. I want you to share your moments from part two and part three of the Salt Lake City reunion for each letter. Okay. C for cringiest. What was your cringiest moment? I think we have the same one. And if we don't, I'm going to be shocked. I have two cringy moments. When Monica said to shut. <laughs> okay. I was like... I almost was going to ask you, is that a new word that I should learn? 
like, is that like mother or baby girl? But I think she was trying to say touche. And then like when, when um, Heather was just like, what is touche? Then I realized, okay, I don't, are I'm not supposed right. to know yeah. what that word means. And then the other one was when she whipped out that burn book. Really? That was my um, no thank you. Mom. I thought that was so dumb. No, mom. The cringiest moment was Mary talking about her son's sex life. <gasps> that too. Yes. That oh was a god. I, 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 I didn't, I didn't like, like that. that. At all. And she wouldn't stop. The things she was saying, I cannot imagine saying about any mm. of my family members. Like being like, "Don't make him think he's good when he's not." What the fuck? What the yeah. fuck? But what is she doing even staying there and listening? I know. And then like staying, listening, and then walking in and being like, and then I realized what was happening. Obviously, you knew what was happening. Yeah, that was gross. Um, What felt like the most unbelievable moment? You can be like unbelievably good or unbelievably bad. One second, honey. What? You could put the microwave in. I'm going to just wait for dad to microwave his lunch. That's why there's editing, Mark. <laughs> Adios. Bye, Dad. I thought something unbelievable was when Monica was talking about her mother praying <gasps> that if it's not going to be Monica, it should be her. That was crazy. That and um, they're trying to catch her drunk driving. And then one of them said, but if she's in her house, she's not driving. <laughs> My moment, I was like, the FBI did not ask her to drive by. <laughs> there is no way okay what was your no thank you moment so what does that mean like i just I'm like, done with that. like i'm like no thank you like mine for me was the burn book like we didn't need that yeah yeah we didn't need the burn book and we didn't need like propelling john a penis oh head and all those like kind of like the way she argues you're old you're 55 you're ugly like uh, like stuff that made me laugh though i can't i can't deny it when she opened up the burn book i was like that was pretty anticlimactic very much so my favorite moment was the photo of lisa in her high school or something and and then Le you just hear lisa's voice going oh my god that's the worst photo of me <laughs> <laughs> she's just so into herself it's hysterical like she loves herself so much you're not even offended by it what was a moment that you felt like was tea for true art? I can give you mine if you want. Yeah. I thought a true art moment was when Lisa's son, Jack, sent a shirtless photo to use as his <laughs> Mormon picture mission ID. And I was like, that's something our Jack would have done. I'm 100%. And be like, what? <laughs> Why wouldn't that work? In high school? Are you kidding me? I also thought it was funny when... Angie tried to say that a trampoline with eyes was a compliment. Oh, my God. And um, Heather's like, that's honestly what I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> I also loved when Andy started disassociating while Angie and Monica were fighting. Oh, my like God. That shot of him where he's just, like, staring off into the distance. And, like, when Lisa Barlow said, this is why your mom talks to a tree. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was really crazy. Oh, and when Monica fell down the stairs. Yes, and we got to hear it. And kind of see it. Yes, and kind of see it. All right, let's talk about the black eye. The black eye was kind of anticlimactic as well. I wanted to know if she was kicked or hit. Now, my friend Anne feels that they were scissoring, and I know what that means. I don't know if they were scissoring. 
But I just think um, it, she didn't really tell us what happened. No, she didn't. But you knew from the clip. I mean, you knew that everyone knew that Jen gave it to her. Yeah. I mean, it just made me like, like Heather's whole entire story arc to me is so wild. Like she was kind of like mm, someone who gets pushed around. Then she like is this like ally and like to like a really unhealthy point for Jen and now mm-hmm. she's like having this like heroic moment in a way and like the way she was apologizing and like I didn't know she accused all the producers of like I didn't hear that either but I guess she did because Andy did not seem pleased also when Lisa was accusing Andy of kn- knowing about hiring Monica and knowing how did they not know like what kind of deep dive do you do into these people? Truly. And also, it's, it's like, all so layered. Because it's like, I'm sorry, Andy's not part of every decision. Like, there's no way he is. Like, there's just event. No. And then also, like, producers are doing their job. So they know some stuff, for sure. And they're manipulating the story. Like, that's why producers can be so evil. Like, we saw it on Vanderpump. And why wouldn't they do it here? Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they could have easily known the whole time. Like, one producer or two could have known and been like, we're like we're doing this. And then also... We're going to let this play out. I, I feel like they knew about Monica, but maybe they didn't know about the black eye. I think they had to know who gave the black eye. You think so? Yeah. Because you could tell when she comes in. She's like, we're going to have to kind of, you know, we got to figure this out. Yeah. But I don't know why after, like, I don't know. What? I don't know what kind of friendship they had that she was so devoted to her. Yeah. And everyone seemed to be afraid of her. Yeah. Everyone was really afraid of her. Which is just weird, too. Creepy. Creepy. But I guess because she's just so, like, ah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, she's a pretty dominant personality. Um, I do want to say that I don't like when someone says bye. I don't like that. Bye? Who says bye? It's so annoying. Monica. Bye. She- so annoying. Oh, like while she's fighting, she goes, bye. Mm. <laughs> I don't, I don't like it. It's fair, very fair. Advice from a mom. Um, I was trying to think of somebody for you to give advice to, because we already did Monica, and I guess I think it's interesting that no one gets along with their mothers. No, nobody does. I mean, there's all that Mormonism stuck in there. I mean, I guess I want to hear advice, motherly advice for Heather. What does she do now? How can she stay away from another Jen Shaw, come back from this? I think it's interesting that um, what I think is interesting about Heather is she was the one who connected the most with Monica and was wanting to try to not fix her, but take her in and with her birthday and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's interesting that she kind of almost does attract untrustworthy people without even knowing it you know so I think for Heather she's just kind of has to like forgive herself and move on and she's right to be a little more um yeah guarded with who she's going to be friends with but I think um I think she's tired of taking people's crap and I can understand that you know so I think she should focus on her girls focus on herself she can come over for cutlets as well. She could use a break, yeah, you know. But she should just keep doing what she's doing. I mean, she's apologized and let it go. You know, you told the truth. You let, you know, you apologize. That's enough Definitely. now. 
It's not rocket yeah. science. And definitely, like, I don't know, build some sort of new guard or way of, of un- like, perceiving people. I don't know. Like, I'm like, this is two friendships. Right. You could be someone's friend without having to take the deep dive into their problems and absorbing their problems like yeah, it's your own. Because that's a lot. Too shut, Heather. <laughs> all right. Um, well, that's, 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 that's all we got. Okay. Well, this was episode two of Me and My Real Housewife. We will be back in two weeks to chat about another show that probably won't be Housewives. It might be The Bachelor. It might be The Traders. It might be Dr. Pole <laughs> or Survivor. Who knows? We'll have to see what's playing in two weeks. But until then, have a warm and fuzzy week. Okay. Thanks for listening. I love you, Elizabeth. This was fun. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>Me and My Real Housewife is produced, edited, and recorded by Liz O'Lear. The artwork was done by Borja San Sierra, and the theme song was made by Emily Rawlings. See you next week! Oh, no. See you in two weeks!